Sorry to disappoint you. So what was your expectation? Nah, I'm just an everyday dude. Oh, you expected perfection? This is what Christianity is supposed to be like. I make mistakes. Like, lots of mistakes. I'm just trying to do the best that I can do. I guess I'm just imperfectly human. Welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Human podcast. I am your host, Mr. Daly, and alongside with me, I have... I'm Dr. Johnson. Boom, there we go. How you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I look, I know you're ready. I know you're ready. I'm, look, I'm, you, I'm ready. You, I'm, you, you, you just, <laughs> you studied to show yourself approved. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I was today has been the research day, so I'm I'm energized, ready to go. So shout out to our listeners on Transistor, on Spotify, on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, wherever you are, we want to shout you out. Shout out to the people who are watching this for the first time on YouTube, on Facebook. So we started to put the video on Facebook as well. So, um, you know, share it. I, I hope more more of you are engaging with us in whatever way you can. Um, we appreciate you. So the usual, the usual things, hit that like and hit that subscribe. Hit the notification Smash. bell. <laughs> you know when we post. Even though we post uh, every time on Friday at 9 a.m. Still, hit the yeah, notification yeah, yeah. bell. So, so today, 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 we, would, we are continuing our series, um, Christianity While Black, or whilst black, should I say. Um, and today we are talking about um, black in the Bible. Um, and so this was this was the topic that kicked everything off. This was the, the topic that you mentioned to me that you said, I don't know how we, I don't know how we're gonna bring this in. And, and then I was like, well, mm-hmm. hey, let's 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 start off talking about the slave master's religion. Mm-hmm. And then and then I just went deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole. Because mm-hmm. all all that all that keeps happening is the more I dig into this area, the more stuff I find to talk about. So, yeah, yep. I'm I'm gonna let you for I, I promised last week. I promised <laughs> last week. <laughs> I'm gonna try to. We're gonna, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna see how long you're gonna last. We're gonna see how long you can last. I'm gonna try to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. All right, so I guess I will start kind of what I was talking about before we got on. So we we both kind of read different articles and, and, and researched different things. And yeah. so one of the that I found was an article on Christianity Today. And I've really been finding them to be a really good source and a real unbiased source where you get different perspectives from different people. Yeah. And I just and, one particular uh, set of Christianity or race or gender, you get a, a good kind of balance. A good mix. Of, yeah. Yeah, a different perspective. 
So one article I read was uh, the five black heroes America needs today in the Bible. And, um, and it was written by a white pastor. And he was going through and he picked five people from the Bible that were black. But he framed it as how related to him being a white Christian. And then also how it played a part in our present day with the injustice and everything racially that's been going on and how we could learn from these people, these black people in the Bible. Uh, And I thought it was really interesting because I go back to what we talked about last, uh, last episode is why would we were talking about the slave master at that point, why would the slave master choose to, to put other people in, you know, to depict other races in, in their version of the Bible when it did benefit them. Yeah. So when I read the article, it was like, man, that's, that's a unique take because he didn't have to write that. Like he could have took it from all kinds of different angles. He could have spoke about those five that he wrote about, but he didn't have to identify them as being black. He could have just talked about them and he didn't have to include the angle that he did. And so it it made it gave me a different lens to it to where it's not that there aren't people that understand it and put give us the light. Sometimes we don't know where to look to even get the light that depicts us in the right way. So sometimes we'll be mad, uh, or not even mad, we'll just be a little disappointed from what we see or hear. But it is people that understand was true in the Bible about all the different races and the the diversity in the Bible. But you have to, and like we said before, you have to start looking for it. And I think that's the issue is we get so used to going to the, (laughs) so just like with, uh, with water, you know, some of us get so used to going to the same well to get what we need when that well goes dry, then we feel like nothing else can come from it. Like we don't have any other source of information. Well, if the well has dried up, you need to go find a new well. And I think that's what doing these uh, episodes, it forces us to do. It forces us to change the sources that we get our information from. Because at one time, you know, it, and I don't know if everybody knows about well water, but well water is about the best water you can ever drink in your life. Like it's well water on the whole <laughs> other level. But if you if you continuously get water from that same well, that water doesn't get replenished. It only can last for so long. And I think for a lot of us, that's that's how Christianity has been for us we've been experiencing Christianity from the same well for so long that as it's dried up for us, it made us detach and move away. But now, I think now, even even the conversation discussion that we have is more or less, okay, well, how can I then replenish myself from a well that fits me now, that looks like me, that's in my voice, that's from my perspective, and I get a better understanding. And I think that's why, you know, this conversation is important because we have to teach ourselves to go search for <clears throat> for new wells of information. 
and to challenge ourselves and challenge what we think we know. Because I learned, and like I said, when when David takes himself off mute, he's gonna tell you about all the stuff that we found out. But it's a whole, it's a lot of people and a lot of things that we found out in the Bible that were hidden in plain sight. It's stuff that we read, we watched movies on and stuff, and we didn't know different people were black. And now it's like, oh man, it's it's almost kind of like when back in the day you had a uh, like a black and white TV, and then the color TV came out. It's like, oh man, TV a whole it is different. And then it went from four model TV, and people had like the big standing TV, and then it went from that to the flat screen TV. And so like the progression, like every new model gives you a different perspective and view and I think that's the same with the Bible too the farther you go into it the clearer your picture is so like some of us have been reading the Bible in like standard definition or they, well, we ain't even on and like some ain't on that we still watching we still reading the Bible black and white yeah like the 22 inch the old, I had a 20 inch TV back when I was in college that I this is what I had. No, I, I started out with a 13-inch TV. Then I upgraded to the 20. Uh, and, but the the deeper you get into the Bible, the clearer your picture is. So if you want clarity, if you want a 4K vision of the Bible, then you have to study to get deeper into that, to have that clarity. So I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let David go because I know he was no. did good because no. I, I know he ready to go. I know he ready. I, I tried. So <laughs> just be, talking about talking about TVs, I had um, so I, I, I just tr- took me back to the to the mid '80s, and I had this I had this orange TV in my bedroom with yeah. me, me and my brother shared a room, and we had this orange TV, yeah. and it was one of those yeah. ones you used to cut it on, and it, and it would click. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> and you get all this yeah, so I was like no, no, you, had turn, you had the little the little the little yeah. turn, you had to turn it to the no, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. These, these, you had to get in between because you might be able to get one of them, them channels in between. That's, you, get, I, you you I, know what I'm talking about. Look, I know what you're talking about now. I know about that. I know what I'm talking about. Oh, these, these, these young men don't know. They don't know about this stuff. They don't know about that. They don't know about that. They do manually turn. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but dig, digging into this topic, but so I think the first thing I did was um, I read that, that article that said the the Bible is a multicultural book mm-hmm. and it kind of, I think that set me on a, on a path this week that was not where I expected to go because mm-hmm. I knew of the Ethiopian eunuch. I knew of Queen Makeda who had, um, who was the mother of Solomon, one of Solomon's children. I knew of um, uh, Simon of Cyrene. Mm-hmm. But knowing all these things, somehow, some way, I still didn't see myself 
in the Bible. Some, somehow, some way, there was still a, a disconnect. And um, so what, where I started really, oh, then, then I ran up on that, on the, um, the curse of Ham. Because the first thing you get when you, you type into Google um, who was black in the Bible, the same, the same theological or perverse theological doctrine that was used to enslave people is still the first thing that comes up. The children of Ham because of the curse, of, the curse on Ham and Canaan. And um, one of the... So, Interesting point, a funny thing. Because I thought, okay, let, let me let me let me entertain this for for a hot minute. So you had the, the children, so Canaan was the son of Ham that Noah cursed. Uh-huh. And but Ham had three other sons. Put Mizram and Cush. Now, Canaan was the only son of Ham. Sorry, Put, Mizram, and Cush all settled in what is Africa. Canaan was the only one that settled. He settled nowhere near Africa. So first and foremost, if we're going to talk about black people being the descendants of Canaan, then geographically something is wrong because Canaan didn't even settle in Africa. He settled in, um, in the region to the north of uh, where it says the Sidonites and down to Gaza. So that whole belt that is now modern Israel is where Canaan settled. So somebody somewhere was smoking something because they, they got something real wrong. <laughs> they, they were high on something. <laughs> but then, um, but then you, it gets interesting. And what, what really got interesting for me was then I started to look and then you had the kingdom of Cush. Now we all know about the kingdom of Cush. They are the descendants of, the, of, of Cush. You have um, the, I can't say it right, but um, is it the, oh man, hold on, hold on, hold on and let me look at my notes. Akusamite, the Akusamite Empire. Okay. Now they were the descendants of, um, of Put. The Bible also refers to them as the Puttites. Mm-hmm. Then you had Mizram. Mizram is um, the Aramaic word for Egypt. So the Egyptians were the descendants of Ham. The, Mizra- the, the, the Egyptians came from that line of Ham. They were Mizram's descendants. Those were the three major tribes or major descent um, the bloodline of ham that, that settled in um in africa and i'm going to come on to there's something i'll come on to later that that just helps me bring it all together because it, it ties back to some of the stuff we were talking about last week mm-hmm. now um 
The other thing that I found interesting was not only does the Bible mention Egypt and Ethiopia, it then goes on to mention Libya. It then goes on to mention, uh, well, Cyrene is where modern day Libya is. It talks about the Kush Empire, which goes down as far as Sudan. And you start, if when you start to look, there is so much mention of Africa in the Bible. So clearly, we were in the Bible. Clearly, we played a part. Clearly, the, the early Christians included black people. Um, the Jewish, sorry, the Akusamite kingdom or the Ethiopian kingdom was originally Jewish because of Queen Sheba. Uh So at that point, their faith was Jewish and or Judaism. And it it wasn't till uh, I can't remember the king's name. uh, uh, One of the kings came and he became he he converted to Christianity. But then a sect of Ethiopians broke away and remained under the path of Judaism. So meaning they had already acknowledged Jehovah. They had already already acknowledged God. Back to what we were saying last week, our, our journey with God did not begin with the missionaries and, and, and those things. Right. The African story, the African journey with God began way before that time. But to truly appreciate it, you have to take, as we've said, you've got to take on the responsibility to stop drinking from that well that is drying up and go mm-hmm. and, and get yourself nourished from other wells. Now, what happened in the Bible when Abraham's people dug a well and it sprung forth, that added to Abraham's wealth. Abraham became wealthy in the land that he settled because he continuously dug wells that brought forth water, meaning that he could he could um, water the pastures, he could allow his sheep to graze and his cattle to graze in that area and everything was being nourished by this new well. So every time we go out and we find new wells to, to nourish us, we are not only, we are enriching ourselves. Mm-hmm. If, we, if we do what, what we've been doing, where we sit and, and feed from the, or drink from the same well continually till it dries up, we're driving ourselves into spiritual pro- poverty. Say that again. <laughs> say, so, say that again. You're not going to say nothing. That's okay. 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 I'm, I'm going to stop after I say it. So if we keep okay. drinking okay. from the same well, we will drink ourselves into spiritual poverty. And I'm going back on mute. <laughs> that right there, that's good. Because... So many of us, and, and it and it's a, it's like a mass exodus away from Christianity, and it's not just in in the U.S. It's just worldwide. And what you just said, I think that's the cause of it, is because whatever it is that we've been accustomed to, 
we getting we hitting the bottom of that well. And it's not saying that what we were drinking from didn't sustain us. It just can't sustain us in this season of our walk with God. Because, you know, it, even when you think about, you know, being on milk and then being on, you know, going to something that's, that's meaty hearted, if you, you can be on milk for a certain amount of time, but your hunger after a while is going to force you to want something more than that. So when you're a child and you're a baby, the milk can sustain you for a while, but as you grow, you're not getting enough nourishment from just the milk. And I think that's the same for us as Christians. Uh, it's like a lot of us are living off of our parents' religion or our parents' relationship with God. And we haven't built a relationship with God for ourselves. And that's that's the transition because it's... We, we, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold up! Hold up a minute! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Please, I'm a please okay. say that again. Say it again. Okay. Say it. Say it slow so the people can hear it and take okay. it in. Okay. So, so a lot of us are living off of our parents' relationships with relationship with God, and we don't have a relationship with God for ourselves. And that's how we reach the bottom of that well, because the well that we've been drinking from is their well, not our well. And and then we wonder why we feel so empty, because we're not being nourished by the well that nourishes us. We just nourishing ourselves from the well that they nourish themselves from. And they they've already depleted that one because they got a relationship. <laughs> so so their connection to their well is different than ours. When we go, it ain't nothing in there. When they go, they keep pulling stuff. I'm like, I'm going to the same place you're going. I'm not getting what you get. Like, why am I not getting it? And that's because it's not your well. It's a well for you to drink of that well, then sustain you and nourish you. And I think going into even, even thinking about being black and then seeing yourself in the Bible, um, it's a lot of things that I, I learned about. Like, I didn't know that Moses, you know, wife was black. Uh, and even though, like I said, I watched you, she, Egypt, she, like, was she was a Kushite. She was a Kushite. She was. She was. Yeah, she was. Like, Moses liked him a little bit of Madoka talk. <laughs> I would say one thing. 
So, um, first and foremost, people better have, uh, we're we going to put Terrence's cash out across the screen because y'all need to pay Terrence for that, for that revelation that he dropped on you. <laughs> you drinking from your mummy and daddy's well and it's dry. <laughs> but, it's, but it's so true. It's so true because, you know, where do, where, do we, where do we get first get introduced to our, well, we first get introduced to religion. Because when, when we start going to church the first time, we don't know we're going because we're being taken. We don't have a choice. No, we get, we get drugged. We get drugged to church. Yeah. So we don't have an option. We get drugged. You, you get there and, and you're like, oh, man, you know, you, you're looking for your friends. You want to run around. You want to you wanna just... And you are, you are benefiting from the overflow of your parents' blessing. The covering is an overflow. The protection, the grace, the mercy, it is all an overflow. But there comes a point where you are old enough, and as you've said, get off that breast milk, because you that's right. It's time for you to eat some solid food. And if you get you some steak, some pork yeah, chops. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when when that time comes, if you haven't figured out how to feed yourself, if you haven't figured out how to chew the meat, if you haven't figured out how to cut up the, the, the steak into to the right size pieces, then you're going to starve because you're going to be looking for milk and that's not enough to sustain you anymore. And that's, and that's the problem with a lot of us that we get to this point and we're still looking for our parents to sustain us. We're still looking for our identity in their relationship, whereas we have to start our own relationship. It's the same thing as when I was getting married. I was told that I'm coming out from underneath my parents' umbrella of covering, and I needed to start my own. Between me and my wife, we were starting our own umbrella of covering. And when my children get married, they're going to come out of my umbrella of covering and start their own. It is a rite of passage. It is something that we... The same goes with our relationship we've got. At some point, mm -hmm. I can't get to know you through someone else. I can't continue to know you through mm -hmm. whoever introduced. I can't continue to know God through my parents. Mm -hmm. I have to get to know mm -hmm. God myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and so, so just like what you were saying, so even as we read and find more about who's black in the Bible, that still, those people are generations and generations away from us. So even with us knowing them and identifying them, that still doesn't then translate their relationship to our relationship with God either. So we can't transfer the people that we really enjoy in the Bible and say, oh, I want to I wanna have faith like that person. I want to you got to have faith like you and what operates for you and where God is taking you. And I think that's why 
we sell ourselves short a lot because we look at the people in the Bible and say, well, I can't do that. Well, I don't have faith enough to do that. Or, you know, they went out and they left and went to the next other, you know, country, whatever, and they followed God directly. I can't do that. But God has a path for you. And once you get on that path, you can go forward. But what you see in the Bible, and I think that's why it's, it's good for us to connect to what we're doing now, is to see that similarities in the people that look like us, their struggles in in translation to what's going on today. So it's a bridge. And compared a bridge to say, oh, it might be some elements of this that I can apply to my life instead of saying, oh, I'm going to compare how they did it to how I'm doing it. And that's how we always feel like we falling short or that we're behind all the time because we we think that, you know, people we look up to, they superheroes, even people in the Bible, but everybody in the Bible had issues and uh, just like we got issues. And so it's not looking at the people in the Bible as being perfect because they weren't and we don't have to be perfect either, but we have to have an awareness of what we're not imperfect in because if I don't know what I'm imperfect in then I think I am good at everything and then that makes me a superhero with a cape uh, but when I understand my limitation no, no I'm not gonna say limitation that's not the right word when I understand my areas of growth then I know that I can't get too far from God because if I get too far from God then those areas of growth become stumbling blocks for me. Back to God made versus self made. Yep. Because once you start thinking you can do it all, you you heading in that path of being trying to be self made, setting yourself up for a fall. So, yeah. Um, one thing that was interesting. Now, I'm not sure if you picked up on this, um, okay. but I was, I was going through and I was, so I was still on a roll with the whole slavery thing. And what hit me, the revelation I had was that we're getting mad about what we see today, or we're getting mad about slavery. First and foremost, slavery existed in the Bible. The same, and what was it? The Egyptians saw a workforce that could handle the work Mm -hmm. and they decided to subjugate them and make them do the work. And what, what did they do? They didn't want them to have more male children because they were scared because of the strength of the, of the Jews. They were like, nah, if we, if we let them get too strong, they're going to, they're going to they're gonna overpower mm-hmm. us and then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this whole thing's going to be messed up. They're going to mess with our money. You know, we, let's keep them under wraps. So the premise, the, 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 whole, the whole premise of slavery hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. And this is why I love the Bible because the Bible shows us there is nothing new under the sun. Everything that we have seen in history happens cyclically. It happened in the Bible. It happened again. And unfortunately, it's happening. It's still happening. That's why we got 
10-year-old kids working in sweatshops, making trainers and, or, or sneakers for people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's slavery. And mm-hmm. we get mad. And, you know, I used to get really mad about, um, and this is, this is growing up, again, growing up in the UK changes, changes your perception about certain things. So when I used to go back to Nigeria, there was um, people had what they called house helps. Mm-hmm. Basically, these were poor people from the villages and stuff that needed work. And you basically hired them and you, they lived in um, what was called, it was kind of like maids quarters, basically. One little room with a toilet and whatever, and that's where they lived. And they baked, they cooked your food, they cleaned your house, they looked after your kids. Does that sound familiar? Because it, it, mm-hmm. it, it certainly sounds familiar to me. But mm-hmm. but we we're not mad at those people. We're not mad that it happens in India as well. We're not mad that it happens. It happens all across the world. It, it happens wherever you go, there are some people being exploited. It happens in the Middle East. People are being exploited. That's nothing new. That was in the Bible. The other thing that hit me was that we get, and, and so no one should misinterpret what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that that the Black Lives Matter or whatever movement is wrong or anything like that. That is not what I'm saying here. The point I want to make, and this is not a justification for anyone's um, prejudice or racism because we, we don't stand for that. Mm. But when I was reading about Moses and his wife of the Badunka Donk, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not gonna, you're not gonna take me there again. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. It says that um, Aaron and Miriam, Moses' siblings, criticized him for marrying mm-hmm. a Kushite woman. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's, and that's not the first, that's not the, the only mention. I also thought about Simon of Cyrene. Yeah. Now, the way that it's always portrayed in the Bible, oh, sorry, in biblical stories and when people do um, re- adaptations of, of, of that story is that Jesus mm-hmm. was carrying the cross and Jesus fell under the weight of the cross and then Simon of Cyrene came out of the crowd and helped him with the cross. That's not how it happened. That's not what the Bible says. It says that the Romans just picked Simon and told him to carry the cross. There was no mention that Jesus was struggling or that Jesus collapsed under the weight of it. If, um, and please, if I'm wrong, I will, I will stand corrected, but I, I don't recall any mention of that. I don't recall any mention of Jesus collapsing under the weight of the cross or anything like that. So why did they pick Simon? They could have picked anyone. They could have picked any Jew. They could have picked, mm-hmm. they picked Simon for a reason. Could it be because his skin was, was different? Could it be that because of 
his difference, those people were deemed as the people that were meant to do that sort of task. And how is that any different from what we see today? The fact is, prejudice existed in the Bible. Subjugation existed in the Bible. I'm not saying that as justification for for the atrocities that we have seen, but we have to understand that the human heart is the root of all of this. And that hasn't changed. And people, people, and I want to say this right, people are expecting an overnight change in the human condition. Unfortunately, you will not see an overnight change in the human condition. And that is where grace is required. That is where those of, those of us who appreciate and understand that is the human condition can show grace towards those who are still behaving in a certain way. It's not saying that we are justifying their actions and justifying what they do. It's saying that we are extending grace so that we can educate them that they need to be different. They need to see that they are no better than anyone else. They need to see that their privilege is something that has been wrongly bestowed upon them because someone created a creed system based on the color of people's skin. We create creed systems based on capitalist structures. If you are from nobility, where did, the t- where did nobility come from? Nobility came from because, came because we segregated people based on their wealth. And wealth is something that, hey, you might just have had some luck, some, some good fortune that allowed you to suddenly amass sudden wealth. That's nothing. It's, it's not, sometimes it's not your own doing. You just happen to be in the right place at the right time. But then people have created a system based on this. It's no different. So that was something that I, I picked up on while I was doing my research. Yeah, so I, I wanted to connect connect some dots with what you just said so the article that i read that i talked about earlier he mentioned that about simon from cyrene but his angle was how many times have black people helped white people in america and then never got credit for because he was like after he helped jesus with the cross you don't really hear about him anymore and he was like as as white christians we need to appreciate the investment that black people have given to getting you know things to where it is now and their investment their time they labor and everything else because we just overlook it so much and while you were talking that's what came to my mind because that was a point he made of how at every point we're always there doing things but we don't get acknowledged for it and then it makes it more difficult to want to continuously do that. Just like, uh, and I think we all had this conversation uh, after a live or something uh, about how, uh, you know, after George Floyd and everything happened, uh, a lot of black people would just tie that, you know, it was the point where white people were coming to them and saying like, hey, I want to know 
more about you know your culture what i need to do or am i right to say this whatever and a lot of black people are like look you need to do your own research i don't have time to teach you <laughs> you know what i'm saying I don't, I don't have time to teach you but i think in certain aspects when people have the right heart when it comes to you like that i think it is and not not you obligated to but it's an opportunity to then create a bridge i think a lot of us don't want to build bridges because then we will actually have to practice what we say uh, because we talk a whole lot but we don't want to apply what we say to our real life we just like to get on stuff and just talk or we talk to folks that we know we vent the people and all these people do this da, 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 da. but we don't want to put in that in the application and to walk it in real life and that's what it takes with this even like I say even with all the research and all, all the stuff we're learning if we don't apply it it means nothing you know what I'm saying? It, 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 just, it just stuff we write down in journal <laughs> and notes and all that kind of stuff. And we, we said, but if we don't apply it or we don't have a way to transfer it into and bring it forward, then it's just like, you know, the, the, you know, the people in the Bible that will always focus on the law and just knowing the law and what did the law say and how do we, you know, adhere to the law. But if you're not living it, then what good is it? You can learn the whole Bible word for word from from front to back. But if you're not living it, you might as well just start reading because it it don't matter. And I think that's that's so that goes to another disconnect I think people have is they feel that I won't be able to memorize the scripture or I read the Bible and I don't really get it like everybody else or I can't quote scripture like that or you know I can't you know speak in all these uh these inspirational words my my words are not flowery and they're not you know all that kind of stuff but they don't have to be uh I think it just your walk is your walk with God and I think our walk being black people is a different walk because it was in that article that you sent is that uh the the the, uh, the guy from harvard that wrote it because it was like religion for black people well he said african people but it included the black people too uh we can't separate religion from our spirituality it's all in one it's not like Oh, we got church and we got God over here and then we bring it. It's like, ah, it's, it's in our day-to-day. That's what he was saying. It basically, like, it informs, he said it informs every facet of human life. So it's not just one thing. It's how we operate in all things. And that's why our experiences are not just, um, like we were saying before, it's deeper. It's on a deeper level what we feel our spirituality is different because it's in everything that we do all of i mean that i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna say i mean even when you think about the term soul food you know 
if you hear soul food, you know what soul food is. Soul food is made by black people. <laughs> like you already know, like it, 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 you look, you might have some good food, you might have some buffet food, you might have catfish, whatever like that. But it ain't but soul food. If you say soul food, anybody, it's somebody. If, if the somebody in the if, if the person cooking it wasn't humming while they was cooking. No. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you now. It ain't so I'm telling you, I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you. And I think it I think is it it fits though. Because if you think about it, if we would turn some soul food, then we want to soul food had to be slow cooked. You can't rush soul food. It takes time, it takes preparation. And I think that's our experience with God too. It is it's supposed to stick to your ribs. You know, we had talked about it before how you know we've been in service so long, but it, it's like that connection. We want to make sure you get all of it. Like, no, we're not gonna rush out of here. If you got the shout for 30 minutes, we're gonna let you go and do that. If you if you need to pray for 10 minutes, we're gonna let you go and do that. Because we want you to leave like something stuck to your ribs, just like soul food does. And that's a whole, that's an experience that people don't understand if you're not in the culture of it. it it's, it's, it's less about the efficiency and it's more about the, the relationship and then how you express your connection to God and giving space for it. So, so yeah, y'all know I'm going to work some food in here. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm always here for that. So, yeah, I'm so just gonna come back. So when you 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 said something about um when after the George Floyd thing, people white people mm-hmm. coming and asking about, you know, so mm-hmm. educate me. Now what you said mm-hmm. was right about the reason why a lot of black people um were like, well if you if you can't go do your own research and and you can't educate yourself, then I can't educate you. Mm-hmm. I think part of that is because when you educate someone, you can't stay mad at them. People, yeah. people wanted to stay mad. But the thing yeah. is, when you extend grace and you ex- extend mercy and you explain something to someone and you bring them to a point, mm-hmm. You appease that anger. You can't hold on to the ha- to the anger towards that person. And a lot, of, a lot of people didn't want to let go of their anger because the thing is, our anger. It the reason why anger is a sin is because it's it's born from a certain place. It's born from our pride. It's born from those things that make us the center of attention. It makes us forget that we are sinners it makes us forget that we are forgiven it makes us forget that we are products of grace and we put ourselves right at the center of it and we justify our own anger we justify our feelings because we it comes from our pride so you don't want to appease anyone because once you appease someone once you're appeased once you educate someone sorry you are appeased and you can't stay mad so that was one the second thing that, that hit me was um, I find it interesting. Um, 
I, and I've heard that point of people saying that, oh, well, I can't pray like he does. Oh, I can't mm-hmm. do this. I don't have the words to. And mm-hmm. what I found interesting is that when you look at when, when the disciples asked Jesus how they should pray, he gave them the Lord's yep. prayer. And the Lord's prayer is the simplest prayer that you can ever pray, but it is so effective. Now, it's not to say you just memorize it and just constantly repeat that. It's it's a framework. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a guide. It tells you this is how you should approach God. Thank God. Ask for forgiveness. Uh, forgive others. Ask God to help you to forgive others because you are forgiven. And and you know some of the stuff that we constantly talk about. God is Jesus right. was already weaving into weaving grace into how we pray and making sure we understood that we are products of grace, and that when we approach God, we must remember that we are a product of grace, and therefore we must show grace. We are forgiven, therefore we must show forgiveness, or we must forgive others. Um, and the other part that came to me was that when Jesus referred to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the way that they prayed and they came with their, um, eloquence and all their big words and everything. And he said that they were just, um, they were like whitewashed tombs. Um, you know, they were empty because it, they were, yeah. it was just words. Anyone, anyone can string together words and make them sound good but like you said if it's that soul food if the mm-hmm. can if the relationship is there mm-hmm. you will have the right words to say no matter how simple those words may be they will yep. resonate and they will they will hit home mm-hmm. they, they, there's there's a phrase that i love those words will be hitting right I <laughs> saw those words would be hitting right. That's but simple, and 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 that's yeah. what it that's what it is. It's we can't as black people. I come back to this simple point. First, appreciate that your history is a lot deeper and a lot greater than what you know. Secondly. Use the knowledge. There are people that have researched archaeology has been has proven our existence in the Bible. Open your Bible and realize that you are represented in the Bible. Take the time to then appreciate the Bible for what it is. You know, it's funny because when I read the Bible, I I don't. Even though it, we were taught and it was depicted to us as this person's white, that person's well, I don't get a sense of color when I read my Bible. I just think about the characters, and and that's not me just saying it to be to make it sound any better. It, right. Genuinely, right, right. it's just something that's never. Re- Maybe it's just the, because that's the way I am that I don't. I don't really think about color in that way. It's only because of stuff that's been happening recently that it's mm-hmm. kind of bubbled to the surface a bit more. But mm-hmm. really and truly, people are people. And I just read the Bible and I, they are people. Yep. Um, and that's where we've got to get to. Connect. Um, it's fine to understand that, that your history is represented in the Bible. But it's more than... 
it's not about the color of skin. It's not about the, the race or, or whatever you want to call it. It's about relationships. You should be looking and understanding the relationships that people had with, with God. What made those people great were their relationships with God, their faith, their trust, their integrity, their perseverance in the face of adversity, their, the way they conducted themselves in every situation and how they put all their trust in God. That's what we need to be connecting with. And, um, you know, if, if you need to see yourself represented to get connected again, by all means. But once you feel connected again, don't stay focused on the color of the skin and the history or whatever. Get connected to the relationships. God is about relationship. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And, and just like you were saying with a relationship, if you can put yourself in context, then you can see the humanness in other people as well. But I can't, I can't see other people's humanness if I feel like I'm separate or I'm above the people that I'm conversating with. And sometimes we can use the Bible to leverage ourselves to feel that we are above other people because, oh, I know this. Oh, I went to this training over here. I got this certificate. Um, you know, I got my PhD in reading my Bible <laughs> or whatever it is. And so we use it as a way to kind of like we said before, it kind of like feed our own ego. But when you really get a good sense of yourself in context to what you're reading in the Bible, you see that you're not too far away from the people in the Bible. And so just like what you were saying, I think that's why it's easier for you to not see color in the Bible because you're just seeing people going through stuff that you go through. And so you just see more of yourself in the stuff that you read other than trying to see who's black, who's white, who's this net. Uh, and I think it takes time to get to that point because you have to have a level of honesty with yourself to really understand what your struggles are. And we all have different struggles, but I think that's what connects us to different people in the Bible, not because they greatness, but because they struggles. Like, oh, I did with that same thing. They did like, oh, you know, he was, you know, killing folks, cutting folks, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yep, I'll, I'll pop off. Like that's that's me. I need to I need to read about people like that because they, they, they resonate with me. So it's like, I think that's what that's what the Bible is for, and that's why it can be adaptable to to people live because you should be able to see yourself in what you read, but not in the way of the triumphs. You should be looking for how they dealt with the things that either separated them from God or the things that that were distractions. And so you when you read the Bible, you see a lot about God calls people and then the people that he called, they try to run away from the call. It's always a, a turn away, like mm, God, mm-mm. God, you know what I just did. You just know when you called me, I was doing this. You want me? You want me to do this? Like you, God, no, no, it wasn't me. You were, it was this person right here. You want this person right here, and and that's how He does the same for us too. Is He knows us now, then, and then 
to be also. So he knows what we already going through. And I guess that, that goes into like our prayer life. Praying is not praying for God to do something that he can't do. Prayer is just letting him know that you're willing to acknowledge the things that you are doing to him. <laughs> it's, it's like you just being honest with him. He knows just like it, just like Adam and Eve. He already know what you're doing. He just wants you to just come on, come forward, come forward and, and say it. Cause I it is it, it's funny. I, when I was uh I was in the high school and I was counseling, you know, I, I used to call all my the, all my clients that I work with them, my kids or whatever. And so, you know. They middle school, high school kids, so they gonna get in trouble, and so they'll be in the principal office or whatever. And I'll walk by, I'll walk in, and and I just be talking to them, and I'm like, "So what you do?" And I gave them the opportunity to go ahead and tell me. I know if you're in there, I know you did something, but I want to see if you're gonna tell me though. So I'm like, you know, what's going on? And then if man, he tripping, man, I don't know nothing. See, okay, you ain't, you ain't said nothing about what you did. You know, so you ain't ready to talk. You, you ain't ready yet. So when they when they when they start to learn, they're like, look, I ain't gonna lie, I, I cussed the old dude out. Look, I just I'm about to put some hands on. Okay, cool. I understand. You told me what you did, and that's what God wants us to do. He already know. Like we in the principal office, he already see us. We up there. Looking crazy, we in that little chair. You know, when you get in trouble, you in that little one chair by yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and the principal, he like, look, I know you're in trouble, but I just want you gonna tell me what you did. They gonna tell me. They gonna tell me. We gonna get it over with. I, I, we gonna get you three days at home. Have you gonna do? We be through. But see, now you won't lie. So I'm just gonna let you sit in here. Now they might give you five or ten days because you don't want to act right. And I think that's. That's what that's the beauty of prayer is God always has a way for us, but he wants to see if we he gonna be up we're gonna be up front with him. Because he don't have a problem dealing with what we do. We got the problem dealing with what we do, and we try not to be aware of the stuff that we do. So that's why he say, you know, bring everything, you know, when you pray, bring everything to him and then not saying that everything as far as um you just spend three hours talking about everything you ever did in your life it's not that, it's not that it's like look now I, I said everything but not that level of everything but what's going on right now bring it all to like, all your fears all your concerns everything bring it to him that's how you clear space for then you to operate but then him to go ahead and handle the stuff that you give to him. So I'll, I'll stop there because I know you probably got some. Oh, man, no, you, you done said a whole lot right there. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, But it, it's funny because um, when you were talking about, um, when you were talking about the kids, the, the kids in high school, uh, I, I was remembering my time at school and <laughs> When I, I I remember a time that I was I was fighting at school, and mm-hmm. I knew. Look, not, look, not, not you, not you, baby. Fighting, you fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and I was um, I, I remember I had to sit outside the principal's office, and I, I was I was sat there, and um, I knew I knew 
I was about to yeah. be suspended. So yeah. um, the guy, so they, they principal came out and he was like, um, "Yeah, I had to go and see my what we call head of year." So basically, mm-hmm. you've got it's kind of like a sub principal for every year. Yeah, like a like a, like assistant principal. We'll call yeah. it assistant principal. Yeah. So I had to go see them, and they told me, "You know, you're going to be suspended. You're going to be at home for for three days." I was like, nah, you, you, you can't do that. <laughs> and I was like, uh, now, I wasn't worried about being suspended. Yeah, yeah. I was worried about my mom and dad knowing that I was suspended. Because mm-hmm. the whooping that I would have got. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I was like, nah, um, no, I, I, I can't do that. I, I've got... So I, I came up with the most elaborate story about how I needed to be in school to do my schoolwork. And so, so I was suspended, but I was allowed to come to school and I had to spend the three days sat outside the principal's office doing all my work outside the principal's office. <laughs> and and to just to make sure I intercepted the letter that got sent home. <laughs> yeah. So you know, so th- so you know when we were talking about, you know, no one has to teach you how to lie. No one has to teach you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Case in point, I mm-hmm. I was like, I that was that was some Ocean's Eleven stuff that I was doing to to make sure no one was finding out. Because I was like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not getting whooped. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Look, you, you, you negotiated your own in-school suspension outside the the, the principal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that so that was that. Yo, so I'm gonna drop some things, and I think this is probably something that we might dig into more at a later date. But mm-hmm. one of the interesting things, so I started, I started digging around, digging around. So, um. The first thing I noticed, so the Cyrene, so I'm going to give some time, some timelines here. Okay. Cyrene, where Simon of Cyrene was from, so Lib- Libya, as we know it, was founded in 630 BC and endured till 400 AD. You have the kingdom of Cush existed from 1070 BC mm-hmm. to 350 AD. You had the Akusamite Empire, which was from 80 BC to 940 AD. You had the so the Yoruba people, their earliest documentation of the Yoruba civilization was 700 BC. And then you have the Nok civilization. So the Nok civilization is one of the most ancient civilizations that existed in the West African region. Again, similar to kind of where Nigeria is today. They, they, science and archaeology has dated their artifacts that have been found. So the earliest artifacts that have been dated were back to 1500 B.C., 
and that kingdom in and that civilization endured until 500 AD. Now, um, there is a group of people in in um, Nigeria that are called uh, they are called the Ham. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, oh, so they are, and they are Christians. They are um, they live in the uh, sort of a, the Muslim region, but they are Christians again. I find it interesting that there is a civilization in Africa that call themselves the Ham, the the descendants of Ham settled in Africa. Now, when you look at the timelines for all these various civilizations, they overlap so much. So what we know about the Kush the kingdom of Kush and the Kush empire was the, um, it was, they got, they were, they took goods or they came into the interior of Africa to get goods from other civilization or other cultures. And then they took them back out through the Nile. And then they took them to the Mediterranean and they went to Europe and they sold to the Romans and so on. So, the same way they traveled and the same way that if the, the Ethiopians, the Sudanese and all the people, um, the, the early church in Alexandria in Egypt, the, all these early Christians would have traveled through that same interior belt spreading and taking the gospel wherever they went. So that whole thing, again, for me, it just reinforced that message that our experience of Christianity is not truly being documented as to when it really started. Because we would have been, we would have had the gospel brought to us that by people that looked like us not someone that came and gave us the gospel as um, to use it to subjugate us, not someone that came to use the gospel to enslave us or to do something, but people that came to share good news that was freeing. And that, so when people want to back out and say, this isn't for me, Christianity isn't for me, remember that, your exp- this Africans did not get Christianity from the missionaries. The job of the missionaries was not to take Christianity to Africa. The job was not to take education to Africa. It was to stop the educations of Africans in their own culture and in their own science and in their own things. It was to cut it off because once you cut off the education, you, you, can, you have the power to subjugate the people. So for me, it's, it's just, I just found it so interesting that when you start to look, when you start to dig into other wells, you find things that help you to connect and realize that black people existed a very long time ago. 
um, it's even been said that it's scientifically proven that the Garden of Eden was in um, the, the, I believe, the Ethiopian region. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there was, I think it was in that same article, in, in one of the ones that I sent you, and it talks about mm-hmm. the, um, was it the Aramaic word for Adam, or for, that Adam came from, was yep. used mm-hmm. to describe a dark clay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they said like ruddy. I think yeah. ruddy one. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So it would it it would serve to believe that Adam was a person of dark skin. Mm-hmm. You know, even when you think about where the where these Bible stories take place. They take place in the Middle East or the region that is the North Africa to the borders of um, Iraq, Turkey, all these places where the, the people of that region are dark skinned. The reality is that the view of Christianity that we have today, the story that we have of um, of people is just the whitewashing of society. They even whitewashed the tombs in in um, the pyramids. They were applying chemicals to lighten the the colors of the of the hieroglyphics and the people that were depicted. Of course, the Egyptians weren't white. That's a no brainer, but. You say it for long enough, people will start to believe it. You know, yes, things were done to push an agenda. Even Christian Christian theologians at a certain time, people like um, even literary people that were, were called literary geniuses like Oliver Cromwell used that same curse of Ham in their literary works, reinforcing falsehoods and heresy that people were trying to force to become doctrine or theological constructs of reality. It's, it's the heart of man, the heart of, back to, the, to that point that we say again, if you want something bad enough, you will do whatever it takes to justify it. And that is all that we've seen. Unfortunately, it's gone on for so long. And yeah, now we're seeing a point where people are so tired of it and we're seeing the pain. But we as black people should not allow that pain to separate us from something that is rightfully our heritage as well. The gospel, yeah. the gospel was not limited to the Jews. God, you know, God made the gospel available to all the Gentiles and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, while, while you were talking, one thing that came to my mind when you were talking about how they they kind of came through Africa and kind of spread out and brought the gospel 
to the area. It made me think about what we talked about before about being a footnote to people's purposes. And so they were the ones that kind of brought it to prepare us to receive it. Uh, And just like there are people in our past, our ancestors, that are footnotes that we don't really know their names, it's the same for those people in the Bible. So for the ones that we do know in the Bible, there's a lot of them that we don't know, or there's a lot of them that may have been around, but they might not have been written about. And so even if, and I guess this is the way to kind of apply it. So even if you had a stage in your life where you feel like your contributions haven't been recognized, it's still in the bigger picture will still work for the greater good. Um, so sometimes your story may not be written about and you may not make it on the page, but that doesn't mean that you're not in the vicinity of what's going on. And I think for all of us, we might not be written about. People might not, and they might not make documentaries about us, you know, people might not know us around the corner, <laughs> but the people that do know us, that did come in contact with us, we had a certain level of connectivity to their purpose and where they were going for. And sometimes that's the best thing is to be anonymous in your help because then you're doing it from, you can continue to do it from a pure place. The more attention you have, the more obligation you feel to do more and up one up yourself. And so I think even with this, sometimes it, even though we're learning about more of the people that look like us in the Bible, I think the, the key to it is to understand that knowing still won't matter unless we do something to move it forward. So it's things that we need to do to be of service so that then we can set up the next generation. Uh, And it may be telling the next generation about more of their history or more about where they are in the Bible. Um, And so then we just become another bridge so, you know, I guess the, the the moral of the story is to be a bridge for somebody instead yeah. of trying trying to be a uh, uh, a monument. So right, a monument. right. If you're a monument, then only the people can come. Just like when the just like think about the Martin Luther King monument, they can only look at it when when the hours are the hours of operation. But then when it's time to close, then you can't have access to it. A bridge, you know, I always go across a bridge because it's transporting you somewhere. So it's funny. It's funny. I'm going to say two things. A bridge serves a function. And when built right, a bridge can serve an eternal function. Or as I want to say eternal, but you know what I mean? It has an enduring function. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A monument is just something someone comes 
and looks at, hey, that looks good, and they walk away. Yes, it's supposed to, it, it secures your place in the history books for someone to come and remember, remember you, but there is no real function to a monument. So, yeah, build bridges. That's what we want to do. We want to continually be bridges and build bridges with not just amongst ourselves, because we have a lot of bridges to build within our own communities as well. Because we talk crazy about each other. We have our issues, light skin versus dark skin. Um, We have issues around Caribbean people versus African, even though that, well, thank God that is going away. Um, but even, even what well, back in the day, African-Americans didn't like Africans. We have our own bridges we need to build. That's, that's one thing. The other thing that hit me was... Um, Again, when we talked about footnotes and purpose and, mm-hmm. and that whole thing about people wanting, yeah, people are not going to make documentary, may not make documentaries and so on about us, but mm-hmm. one of the most famous people in the Bible was the woman with the issue of blood. Yep. Nobody knows her name. Mm-hmm. Her name was never mentioned. But her story is one of the most significant in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd say anonymity is a good thing in some cases because yep. your faith, what God is showing there is that your faith is more important than your name. Say, say that again. Final statement. <laughs> your yeah, faith that, that's it. is more important than your name. Uh-huh. That's good. And, and, and that's, that's good. Uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna leave it there. And, yeah, that, that's it. That's it. That that closes on now. That 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 shuts it down. Um mm-hmm. I know there were I know there are other places we would like to go. But if we if we were to start going to these other places, we're going to be here for another hour, yeah, two yeah. hours. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we will we will revisit some of these things. That you know, I I want to explore some of these other cultures and some of these other things. But there are. Um, but what I would say to people is go out and actually read about some of these kingdoms. Read about some of this history. There is so much out there for you to read and to learn about our history. Educate yourself. Don't get mad and say, and just say, oh, well, I can only learn about black history during, um, what, it's February. Black history month. Yeah, mm-hmm. black history black month. month. Feb- February in the States, um, October mm-hmm. in the UK. Um, okay. But there is more time, there is so much that you can keep just educating yourself. And especially if you have a younger generation around you. It's your responsibility to educate them. So that, that's, that's one thing I'll say there. Um, but yeah, no, this has been, this has been good. This has been good. Mm-hmm. 
I got, I got to say all the stuff I, I, I wanted to say, and I was still a little bit more quiet than normal. <laughs> yeah, like you, you did, you did good. You did, you I'm, I'm, believing my whole, my own hype right there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was real quiet. I was, mm, I was like a church mouse. <laughs> No, but I, I want to say one thing, uh, just like you were giving people resources. And this is this is really where the idea for kind of like these, this series came from. And I, I forgot to say his name last episode. So I, I, I got it now. So really, this concept came from the book Reading Wild Black. It's by Esau McCauley. Uh, definitely, that's a great place to start. Uh, I, I I listened to it on Audible, so I had the audio book, but uh, that's a good place to start. If you really want to start to learn more about it and, and kind of get a different perspective on it, it's really, it's really good. So I, w- I would uh, encourage anybody that's kind of want to go a little deeper into some of the stuff we talked about, definitely that's a good starting place. So, so what we're going to do for the people that are watching on YouTube or on Facebook, um, if you're watching the video, I'm gonna f- we're going to throw up some of the resources on the screen because there are a few books as well on Amazon um, that you can pick up that talk about the history of black people in the Bible. Um, so if you really want to dig into that and explore that as well, there are loads of resources out there now that can help you with that journey yeah. as well. So um, we'll, yeah, put, yeah. we'll put those resources on, on the screen so you know what you're looking for. Um, so I'm going to hit you with the socials. So you can get at me at DYDaily on Twitter, at DYDaily on Instagram, um, Daily Perspective Network on Facebook, David Daily on Facebook if you just want to connect with me personally. Um, You can go to the blog, www.dailyperspective.co.uk, and I'm I'm going to hold my hands up right now. Terence has been... He he's been he's been going ham on the the um fifteen hundred <laughs> fifteen hundred words I'm a like, day. I'm, I'm like what I'm like what did I do? Look, I'm trying to see what you're gonna say. I'm like, what I do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Tell me he's fifteen hundred words a day. Yeah, I have been all all this. Week. I I ain't done diddly. <laughs> so. <laughs> You guys are going to have to forgive me. I've spent a lot of time trying to um, move the daily perspective over to Transistor, also trying to get my video editing skills up a bit and trying to create something that's a a bit more attractive and more engaging for for our viewers. So forgive me. I will get back to writing um, as soon as I can. Um, But, yeah, daily perspective blog. and yeah, that, that, that's about it for me on socials. Um, you can also email me, to be honest, david at dailyperspective.co.uk. Um, feel free to get at me that way as well. So that's me for socials. All right. So I am uh, at uh, info at com. email at iprogresscc on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, if you have not watched our Facebook Live from Monday, I would say please go watch it. I did a live excavation session. It went well. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, we are going to move into doing more of that. 
and that will eventually turn into life excavation, which will be a podcast, but it'll be on more more of a kind of call-in yeah. show where I talk to people about different things about their purpose and stuff. That's just what charged me up. I could have been another two hours. I just mm. love to talk about it. I, I tuned in and I, I could see you was, you was mad excited. I was, in, I, was in, I was in the zone. I was in the zone. I, I'll tell you, I can do that all day. I can do it all day. Um, so, so definitely check that out. Uh, like I said, we are working on some other things. We've got some other things in the works. Look for, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll me and David will probably get together and get together with Jeffrey and Kendrick. We're going to schedule our the first crossover episode between yeah. Imperfectly Human and Our Progress. I'm telling you, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be great. I'm excited. I'm, I mean, I've been excited for about two, three weeks since we talked about it first. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. Uh, we're probably gonna do a little promotion for that because I think it's a way for the listeners of Imperfectly Human to kind of get introduced to another uh, platform, but it'll be live. So we'll do it live through our progress, but I'll set it up to where it go live on. Uh, the Daily Perspective Network page too, so you can connect with it that way. And we really want to bring some people into the conversation because I know once we get some live comment, this thing gonna go a whole other level. So, uh, so there'll be one of two. So we'll do a crossover uh, with our progress, and then David will do a crossover with us. Uh, and so. Um, those things in the work. So yeah, we're, we're definitely adding and growing and we have some other things too. Um yeah. And so yeah, I I have been doing the fifteen hundred words. So it's it's in November here it's an organization uh called NanoRemo. And it's really National Novel Writing Month. So if you got a project, a book, something that you're trying to finish, you just commit to writing fifteen hundred words a day. So I did it last year and now I'm doing it again. And uh yeah, it's it it, it takes it's, it's a labor look. <laughs> but the the quickest way for me is to do it on my phone. So I just I just open up Word on my phone and I just go and I just just type whatever kind of coming to my mind and then I go and reformat it and structure it and whatever. So I'm going to use some of that to go into the book. Some of that will be my medium article. So uh, I was planning on doing a lot of that before the end of the year, but now I'm just going to take my time and just start releasing it beginning of next year uh, so I can pace myself. So, uh, so yeah. So, yeah, I'm, play, I'm playing catch up. I'm, I'm no, playing. But, no but, this, but, I, but I was going to say now, look, Y'all need to comment on the work that they've been doing with the video and stuff like that. Cause I've been hyped. I see it. I'll, I'll be hyped. Like I, I played, I played that. Uh, what was that? The intro, intro. Uh, no, the promo. That that little clip. That a minute and a half clip. Like over and over again. I just like it. it just, I don't know why. Reminded me like one of old, old school outcasts. Kind of like yeah. back and forth. So it, it yeah. Yeah, you look. You get a page. You've been doing some. You've been doing some great stuff. Yeah. Oh, thank you, bro. Thank you. Um, but that that, that is um, that's something that I'm, I'm planning to 
continue to do so for, for most people. Some people know, some people may not know. Um, I, will, I, I was in music production for a while. And um, so music production and um, also what, I guess what I did professionally was called functional design. Um, so learning to put things together in a sequence that works and achieves a purpose is kind of something that I like to do a lot of. So I'll be bringing a lot more of that into um, some of the things that I do. So um, my my focus, when I say about getting back into my purpose, is to get back into creativity. So music is something that I'm going to be doing a lot more of. I'll be doing some more production work. Um, uh, I'll be producing music that people can buy to use in podcasts or whatever you want to use. So get at your boy. <laughs> but um, that's kind of, that. that's really where things are going. Um, I'm excited because I haven't, I think I was saying to Terrence, for, for the longest time, I felt so disconnected from music. And as I've kind of started to fall back into my purpose, my love to, for, for music production is coming back. I'm loving it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm happily making stuff and just hitting the delete button. And I would never do that before. Um, but yeah, now yeah. I, I hit the delete button because I know that if it doesn't feel like I want it to feel, then God is going to give me something else to replace it. So I'm learning to trust the creativity that's been put in me. And I'm not trying to sound like anyone else. I'm not trying to make music that sounds a particular way. I'm just making the music that's in me and in my heart. Now, that may not be for everyone. And that's something that I've had to learn. I've had to learn that not everyone is going to like what you make. But there are going to be people that like what you make. And not everything that you make is for a certain audience or a certain purpose. It has its own purpose that it's been designed and created for. And you just have to learn to be comfortable with that and let it do its thing. So that's something that I've been going through. But yeah, um, again, that's only because I was life excavated. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's what I, 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 what I love to do. I, I love, look, I, if, 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 you, if you tell me something you want to do, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to get you. Terrence is going to put that battery in your back and make you do it. So, yeah, yeah that's my disclaimer. That's my disclaimer. Don't <laughs> tell me something you're not ready to do it now. Yeah. All right. So we're going to close this off the way that that that, that we um, we normally do. And uh, we're going to remind you that Christianity is a personal walk and relationship between you and God. You are not, will not, and never will be perfect, but that's okay. God loves you and wants you to come just as you are. His grace covers all. Live free from condemnation and do not crucify yourself. Be renewed by the grace of God through Christ Jesus and become who you were created to be. And with that said, I am Mr. Daly signing off. I'm Dr. Johnson. And we're out. Peace. <laughs>